Welcome to the Author Road Again podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Ross. And I'm Robbie. This is our podcast about anything and everything off-road. We are always socially distanced. It's the only way we know how to do the podcast. Um, Ross is by himself in the Eastern time zone, and Robbie and I are hanging out in the Midwest. <laughs> Heads up, Robbie, it's going to rain tomorrow. Um, <laughs> Here too. We've got, a, we've got a giant storm coming our way right now. I apologize in advance if we lose power. So I'm pretty sure happen. it's the same dry line that's stretching all the way from Wisconsin to Kansas oh, City. Yeah, Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're in a severe watch until five degrees no. midnight. So, Did we talk about the tornado warning last week? We did. Okay, we did. good. So I don't need to do that again. You know, I always, um, get, I always get so nervous whenever like it's really, really windy here because I we went camping this past week and I've got like the Yakima rocket box on, on top of my car. And I know that, you know, it's like rated for highway speeds and it's not going to go anywhere. But I still just have this fear when I look outside and I see like the, you know, the ash tree in front of my apartment window going like this. I'm afraid my <laughs> roof box is going to go flying off with all my camping gear <laughs> and up in the Milwaukee River or something like that. So yeah. That's Hopefully a that valid matter. concern. Like that's new at least test. Plausible. Does the Yakima box flip? Is it? A, can you use it as a canoe? That would be kind of cool. That would be pretty uh, funny, actually. That would be Why? sweet. Like a cargo box that doubles as like a yeah. pack raft or something. Canoe box. So you put it on, and then you just take it right off. It's What's just the bottom of the Yakima box. Coin like, it. You don't have to do anything intricate you know? wasn't yeah. it like product planner wasn't that a recent job opening at Yakima I feel like I saw was that it? one going I, on yeah they, they did have one they did have a couple ones open yeah. <laughs> are, are they in Connecticut or is Thule in Connecticut Thule is Yakima's in, Connecticut. in Oregon yeah right. I think no 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 Yakima's, yeah. is Yakima in Oregon Yakima's in Yakima <laughs> whatever state that is yeah well that would Yakima would be Washington Washington right. there we go um, Google Maps a plus for G- a plus for G- says G- Washington I'm pretty sure, pretty, pretty sure that was Washington. So, good job between the three of us. Doing I like maps. Yeah. <laughs> maps uh. make sense. <laughs> okay, the show. We're gonna uh. just talk about Robbie stuff because we're gonna start trying to do some more form- different formats with the show. And so, like, if Ross and I have big updates, we're gonna kind of do them as a separate show kind of thing um, because I think we could waste an easy mini episode with just the two of us talking and really the people that are here with us are way more interesting than us most of the time i'm not going to always have week-long trips in the van have just occurred kind of thing so mm-hmm. um that was more of a one-off and you're that was a good episode by the way i listened to that yesterday it was nice thank you <laughs> rumor says that chris is still tired but <laughs> no actually i i have actually like recharged but like off after a trip like that i didn't i didn't realize how tired i had gotten Mm -hmm. and then coming home and just starting to readjust to the kids and things like that it was like 7 30 at night and i was like it's bedtime right are we are we at bedtime now like is is it not and it it took the whole body clock is just shot anytime you shake up your regular schedule that you're you've been on for a long period of time well and it was, yep. it, it's that weird thing when you camp, like I was going to bed when it was dark and I was getting up at sunrise. Like it was just <laughs> the way it was. And during the summer months, like that's actually shorter. Like that's not, right. right. That's not as great, but like, yeah, most of the time. Yeah. yeah I didn't really do an alarm on that trip. It was just get up when the sun came up. So uh, now I'm the reason I'm being even more tired now is my uh, soon to be 14 year old has summer weights and conditioning that starts every morning at either 6.20 or 6.30. Coach decides the night before. That's awful. Uh, it's horrible. And it's 20 minutes across town. Oh, so I'm I, I'm getting up at five something to make oh, sure I nope. get him to that. No, nope. I did that for baseball a few years in high school. And it was, uh, yeah, be at the gym at, at like 6 or 6.10 yeah. or something like that. You know, and it's 15 minutes to the door. Yeah, they stay out of the heat of the day, which and here I, am. I don't I just, miss. I just that said here we're, we're going to focus on Robbie, and I've already derailed us right back. Into <laughs> oh, that's all right. <laughs> no, you got it. You got it. It's good to touch base. <laughs> Robbie's like, what is this six twenty hour you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not a morning person. <laughs> felt like you were at the rally. You were up pretty early last last fall. <laughs> yeah, well, I, but we, that's because we had to be. <laughs> like, had to be yeah, we did have to be. But even even this year, we uh, so we just had our, our spring Midwest Automotive Media Association rally at Road America uh, about two and a half, three weeks ago. Um, yeah, and I was helping out again, run things, and yeah, we were up at the crack of dawn doing registration. But I'll tell you what, there's kind of something about being at Road America right when the sun's coming up. It's kind of it's kind of peaceful, dude. If they 
yeah, I'm definitely on board. If there's a place I'm going to be up early at, Road America is yep. on the list. <laughs> Racetracks yep. at dawn are special. Like hours before the track goes hot, it's it's a fun. Well, and you get the- that with like oh, Lime Rock being near you. Like these kind of oh yeah these these tracks that have name recognition and some got significance to them. So like Road America being super old, Lime Rock being super old. Like those tracks in the morning. Smells like rubber and gas. That's great. It's great. plus. I still think. I still think. Honestly, like one of the the coolest like motoring things that you can do is go camping right next to the track, and you can do that anywhere at Road America, pretty much. And my brother and I did that a couple of years ago. And yeah, there's there's seriously like something magical about waking up, unzipping your tent, and seeing cars fly by at seventy miles an hour down the hurry down. <laughs> you know, you're brewing you're brewing coffee over your camping stove. You're looking over, and there's like a Porsche nine eleven flying by. It's yeah, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I, I think it's I think it's like it should be on every. I think it should be on every enthusiast bucket list to like go camping right next to the track. The I mean, uh, that is a good one. The corner I'm thinking of is the is it, it's not, do they call it the carousel at Road America? That nice long carousel. Right yeah, carousel is the big loop. And yeah. camping on just on the outside of that corner, watching cars yeah. kind of go down that hill would be, yeah, that's exactly awesome. where <laughs> yeah. it's right up against the trees. It's a good one. I didn't do any photo sharing on that, but. <laughs> oh, the, yeah, the carousels, um, nine into 10. Yeah. yeah. It's this big, long, swooping, swooping, just curve that. Um, it's kind of decreasing radius, isn't it? yeah it so it actually it actually goes well and it goes down and what's super interesting about it is that um when you're driving on it you know you're you're going like pretty quickly and you don't really realize the elevation change but um every year when we do our rally at road america we have a thing called like four miles of fitness which is something that kia generously sponsors and um that's a time where people want to run or bike uh or walk the track you can actually like get on the track and go around the four mile track on foot or by bike and it's super super cool it's a great way to see the track and yeah when you're like on the carousel you're like right i was riding it on my bike and i was like whoa like you're actually going down a little bit more it's just like big old swooping loop yeah there we go yeah so yeah so so nine and ten it's 4.04 miles long Mm -hmm. and i'm rock is 1.5 if you run the uphill so that, yeah road america is a long track meanwhile it is off-road podcast talking about race cars dude well would you rather cover lime rock or road america in dirt and race it in like a stadium super truck they do stadium super truck racing at road america or at least they yeah. did a couple of years oh, really? ago yeah they put um so that that first main uh straight like where the starting line is they actually put um i believe a jump there and then i think on i want to say like going into turn five or something like that and they're actually i didn't go to the race but there are photos of these like stadium super trucks like flying off the jumps and it's just nuts <laughs> terrifying like spinal reconstruction type terrifying yeah yeah <laughs> oh there you go yeah yeah right yeah, there yeah, yeah. suspension travel is definitely your friend <laughs> i just can't imagine that that's got to be what three four feet of suspension travel yeah Easily? it's in the back for sure probably god um but speaking of suspension travel yeah so we had our off-road course and chris you know this because you've done the course but um at these rallies that we do it's a, it's a great time for like media and manufacturer reps and pr and analysts to come together and you know see new product drive new product on the street on the track um and then they set up an off-road course and this year uh we had a full day of off-roading it was really 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 cool um they had a uh kind of a pretty difficult off-road course set up and that was for like your uh grand cherokees and your wranglers and your trx's then they actually had like a uh kind of like a deviation off for like more of like your soft off-roaders like a forester wilderness or like a mitsubishi outlander rally um rav4 adventure rav4 adventure that kind of stuff yeah so 26 inches of travel is what it, Google says about the Stadium Super Trust, which that's insane. Is a lot, but like some of the big side by sides have that too, you know. Well, and what's 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 the uh, I'm trying to think what tr- like the wheel travel is on like a Raptor. Uh, great not question. Much. I want to say it's, like it's not that much. I was going to yeah. say 14, 14 16. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, man, that's that's another whole ten inches of travel. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the off road course was super cool. We um. 14. It, it literally rained 
the entire day pretty much and uh what made it great was that oh yeah there we go oh yeah that's Jim Brill. perfect Jurassic yeah I, I was like shit trying to remember who had posted a crap ton of photos and Jim was high on my list <laughs> yeah so this was this was it was a blast um it made the it was raining all day and it pretty much just made the off-road course way more way than it should so more um, fun it was yeah it was an absolute hoot i spent a ton of time out there just doing laps and as many things as i could um see those wheels are covered in mud so yeah, okay, so, yeah. so, so, so like in that get... right that shot right there is pretty cool that's like you you do up a, you go up a big hill and then you kind of go into a splash zone um well let's oh that's let's, a rock creek path yeah, yeah so let's so let's talk about this thing okay yeah we want to talk about what you drove that is different from what we talked about what, what you do last time so let's start with the rock creek pathfinder because i, yeah, so, I have some you know uninformed like armchair thoughts on it and okay uh, want to hear what what behind the wheel is like yeah so obviously like the new pathfinder um it's the second go with the rock creek edition the last pathfinder the one with that cbt um it was definitely more of like a styling update you know it didn't really have like knobby tires it was just it was really just like a uh, it was a more was like you know like size. yeah yeah it was like you know it was like it was like your suburban dad wearing a patagonia jacket but he doesn't have a pair of hiking boots you know um, <laughs> hey hey we don't like it personal <laughs> he's not saying suburban owning dad he's saying suburban dad yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there we go there we go or are you saying suburban owning dad <laughs> But, um, but yeah, so, so cool. guys, the, yeah, the right. new, the new Pathfinder, first of all, the new Pathfinder itself is miles better than the old one. Um, it definitely feels a lot more rugged. It's more, mm-hmm. way more like fun to drive. It looks badass. Uh, but the that new path- in the world of modern turbocharged stuff is like such a friggin' pleasure. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a great engine and that new nine speed works perfect with it. Um, but the second go with the Rock Creek edition, they finally kind of like took a bite out of this like craving that people have for like soft off-roaders, which is great because the Pathfinder is a perfect vehicle for it. Um, and yeah, the new the new Rock the new Pathfinder Rock Creek's like so much more capable. You got actual like all-terrain tires on it. You've got OAT3s, which yep. I have on the Lexus, and they are I cannot recommend them enough. Yeah, they're great. They're great tires. Too. You've got you got some skid plates underneath. You've yep. got a, a really nice burly roof rack. That is um, fake bead locks. Why does it have to have fake bead locks? Because it's a styling thing. It is a styling thing. But fake bead um, locks are the affliction t-shirt of the off-road world. <laughs> I mean, you're Sorry. not wrong, but also like I'm <laughs> less offended by the fake bead locks than I am the affliction t-shirt. <laughs> Or the the one that lately that has been self-identifying is the uh, was it lions not sheep like i feel like that's the new affliction t-shirt it's like sorry that's another topic for another day uh, okay continue with your observations <laughs> yeah, yeah no no but but um i'll tell you i i i mean i'll i did not do any type of off-roading in the first pathfinder rock creek um it was obviously more of a styling update but this one was far more capable um mm-hmm. You know, I think I can't remember off the top of my head how big of a lift kit it has. It might be like three quarters of an inch or something like that. But um, combined with those AT tires and like a pretty decent all wheel drive system and an actual automatic rather than a CBT just bouncing around um, that Pathfinder Rock Creek was surprisingly capable, like pretty, pretty good. Um, And, you know, I think in terms of like all the, the soft roading that they had for it. I mean, it didn't get stuck at all. It didn't struggle with anything. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a legitimate soft road or a soft off-roader now, thankfully, because like the last one was just more of a showboat. Did you get a price on it? Did they say anything? Uh, I don't, have they even announced pricing on it yet? I don't think I, they have. And I think that was one of the questions like at New York, at the New York Auto Show was, oh, so are we talking, you know, high 40s or are we talking touching high 50s here uh you Which, know what you're right they have not that's crazy because it, it goes on sale this summer i mean so i don't know if but when we had it in may if that was technically before sale or on sale but i was super excited to see it there because uh it definitely got a lot of attention it looks good it, it really truly does mm-hmm. look the part 
Mm-hmm. So I saw okay, it in what person. Else? Hold on, I saw it in person at Expo West too, and and kind of did a double take. I was like, oh, that's that's not bad. Like, yeah, it's yeah. when I first it saw pictures, the, I was like, come on. You know what it is? It has fender flares that yep. are not painted body color, and yep. it has the right sidewall to wheel ratio. Yep. Yeah, that's all you need. Like we're not, you know, this isn't groundbreaking here, and it also has you know the crazy like lighting treatment on the front and the back that makes it look bigger than it is but that's a different story. <laughs> every every website i can find says it has a suspension lift but there's not a single number attached i think it's i think it's something pretty little i think it's like three quarters of an inch or something like that i don't it's i don't remember all point it's six inches point oh, six. Great. okay finally car and driver Awesome. <laughs> awesome. So what else did you drive? Any um, other big experience? Yeah, yeah. So I I tried to do just like a lot of the soft off-roaders because that's kind of like what I'm really into. But um mm. Mazda had their new CX50 there. Ooh. And um that was you know, talking with other people there that were driving the off-road course, like even like I think Jim O'Brill said the same thing too. But um we were super surprised how good that thing was in the really really slippery muddy uh trails um they did not have the meridian edition uh whatever they're like more off-roady one is called so this was the the, is that the one with like the roof rack and the one with the roof rack and the more burly i think they're i think they're doing like prime meridian no, yeah, I might be sure. getting I might be getting the trim name wrong. I'm, I'm, it's been a long time. But... This is the equator. Remember the equator? <laughs> Speaking of from Suzuki. Yeah, the re, what was it? It was a rebadged Frontier. I thought it was a rebadged. Oh no, wait, hold on. No, the Mitsu- that was the, the Suzuki Dodge Raider. You're thinking of the Dodge Raider, which was the a Suzuki yes. Equator and the Mitsubishi yeah. something or other were both Nissan Frontiers that just had yep. different bodies on them. And the other reason I remember the equator is because I was trying to help Pete find that car part that he put in Slack earlier today. And so I was looking at old Suzuki websites. Yeah, and of all places that he found that part. I thought, I thought, oh no, no, you're right. Yeah, because the Dodge Dakota was different than yeah, yeah it was it was mm-hmm. Nissan Frontier and Mitsubishi Raider or whatever. I thought so. With <laughs> everywhere (laughs) yeah so anyways it was not this version or whatever it's whatever their like more off-road one is um i think it's that was there no that was not there so this was more of like i think the touring but it had like more street tires on it had a nice interior but um jim's gonna help us out again (laughs) jim took pictures here we have the wild (laughs) cx50 stalking its prey (laughs) but yeah so that car was not even their full-blown like dedicated off-road one and it was super super capable um it was definitely a little bit lower to the ground so it was like scraping everywhere in there but it did not get stuck and that was kind of like a big surprise that people had that whole day um was just how capable and fun that thing was um which leaves room for more potential like when that more off-road trim comes um and then what else did i drive that was super super cool so Mitsubishi <laughs> brought their Outlander Rebel Rally Racer there. Sorry, guys, fire fire truck fire yeah, that's loud. It is. <laughs> You're good. It's gone. It's gone enough. There we go. Um, yeah, so Mitsubishi brought their uh, Outlander Rebel Rally Racer there that they actually used in the Rebel Rally. I'm unfortunately Rebel. blanking on who. Has rebel. Rebel. rebel rebel oh are you serious i've been saying it wrong the entire time yeah, it's yeah. rebel it's rebel <laughs> two l's and an e at the end uh-huh. rebel. <laughs> sorry dude <laughs> we've had uh, we've had rebel, two people who have rebel, did you do that yeah. wait did you do that on the other version. podcast today too uh no we only talked about toyota stuff on that one so Woo! thankfully i didn't good deal announce it all right so We'll have to edit this out. Anyways, but <laughs> no, we're not. We're leaving that <laughs> Mitsubishi brought their Outlander Rebel Rally, yeah. um, which was literally a stock Outlander with a suspension lift. I can't remember. I think it was two inches. And then it had skid plates underneath. It had, uh, I can't remember what kind of tires it had. I can look that up. But 
Um, There's like rotiform wheels. What are those? They were BF Goodrich TKO2. Those are KO2s. What are the yeah, wheels? Those are- and this thing was an absolute hoot to drive. It was probably <laughs> my favorite thing I drove there. The inside of it, um, I, I don't know, maybe you can find a photo that I took from the show notes or something like that. But uh, the inside of it still had like all the timing gear set up. So they had all these like, oh, yeah, yeah. computers on the dashboard and a fire extinguisher on the floor. Um, and it was so much fun um people were having a hoot with it uh and i was actually able to drive it like in the more muddier part of the muddier part of the day in the late afternoon um and what's up they're vision branded wheels yeah okay sorry i was was good you're good um but yeah it was it was super super cool um i was very surprised how just unstoppable it was more so than like the Lexus LX 600 that they had out there on the off-road course that uh, tires. Yeah. Tires, <laughs> biggest difference off-road. Yep. 100%. So, is this the Outlander that shares bones with like the Nissan Rogue? Yep. The latest Rogue. Correct. Is same, it good? What's is it? it like, is it good? Is it like an actual? Decent? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have not. I have not driven the regular Outlander yet, um, apart from this one off-road, uh, but I have been in the new Rogue, and uh, it's a big, big improvement over the, over the last generation. Um, solid platform, good powertrain. Um, the Rogue doesn't have the third row, uh, which in the Outlander, I guess, is a pretty petite third row, but I mean, it's a great, it, that, yeah, it's a great vehicle. Cool. cool. I mean, that thing looks like a freaking blast oh it was so much fun and i can't remember if there was a so jeremy barnes from mitsubishi he's their uh head of pr um nicest guy in the world but i can't remember if he said that it had either a heat shield that was a little rattly or maybe a tiny tiny exhaust leak or something it was probably a heat shield but it actually sounded like a rally car like it kind of had this loud like (laughs) buzz to it which made it awesome um, but yeah i mean those those he's like yeah that's broken <laughs> rally car <laughs> but yeah i mean those i mean you put you throw a lift kit on there and those bfg ko2s and that thing was just so much fun absolutely cool. fun uh, i think good. that's i think that's really about it off road oh i know we i know you guys have talked about it a lot but i did take the forester wilderness off road um which Having now off-roaded the wilderness or the outback wilderness and the forester wilderness, I will definitely say that I am much more team forester wilderness. It's way more nimble. It's smaller. Uh, you know, it's lighter to kind of fling around. It's it was really, really, really fun. And it makes a ton of sense. Everything you said there is like, yes, this yeah. adds up. This adds up. This yeah, adds up. I still <laughs> want an outback. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the outbacks. The outbacks a great vehicle if you want the extra space. But I don't know. I mean. I had the Forester Wilderness, and then a couple weeks later, I actually had a, um, more recently, a GMC Terrain AT4 that I was testing. And oh, no. It, yeah. <laughs> um, and you can totally tell the difference between one automaker committing to the whole, like, soft off-road crossover trend and the other just being like, eh, we're going to kind of dip our toes in it and see what happens and not fully committing. Um and yeah, I mean that that Forester Wilderness was was so much fun, and they did a really really good job on it. Did you get in the new Tundra at all? I did not. Oh no 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 no! I'm sorry. I did. I did. I did. I did. I did one lap on it. I okay. did one lap on it. Um, so and I actually had like seems, Jennifer. What's up? I'm assuming it seems very capable. It was pretty good. It was. Uh, I think I took one of the hills a little too quickly because i bottomed out and uh, <laughs> a horrific amount of noise came from underneath I but i looked at, i looked at the pr person in the seat next to me and i was like that's why you put skid plates on these things you know <laughs> yeah was it was jennifer next to you <laughs> yeah jennifer greenfeld was sitting nice. like, what are you doing <laughs> that's awesome robbie don't mm-hmm. well, it's like i had i had dom in the outback wilderness with me and and i was like can i 
do the hard obstacle and he was like please don't somebody else already broke it i was like yeah but i'm not gonna break it like they just pop the face you off the front just because yeah. they're too fast, too fast from the whoops like people mm-hmm. who don't know what they're doing are gonna have mistakes like that it's fine right right <laughs> but 100 percent the outback could have done it. yeah so that was that was when i drove at the rally uh it was a great time a lot of a lot of cool off-roading stuff um okay we get i've got two car questions for you yeah shoot gt86 GR. GR, GR86, whatever the Toyota. I don't. Am I in a BRZ? I don't care. Letters <laughs> <Letters a> Toyota <laughs> Did you get in at all? Uh, I did. I did not. So I did not drive it at Road America, but I did drive it at um when I was in Plano, Texas, at Toyota's thing. I was able to get on the track in it. Okay. Um, so we, we can come back to that later if you want. Yeah. So we can we can we can shelf that for now. What was your other question? This new Z. I haven't driven it. Okay. You didn't get in. I purposely chose not to drive it at the rally because I'm supposed to get it in a couple of weeks and I'd rather okay. let somebody that Ooh. isn't getting it um, get some seat time in it. Uh, so I was like, yeah, I'll wait my turn. But um, as far as I, I mean, Ross, you'll like this. I, of course, took a Miata out again and was giggling like a little kid because it's the greatest car in the world. Um, Normal size people. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> But yeah, Chris, you need to come <laughs> next year. Road America was awesome. Yeah, I was I would have liked to, Ben. <laughs> it actually, I thought the dates were more lined up and I wouldn't have, it would have been harder for me. I think I could have done both if I truly wanted to. Mm-hmm. I I would have been utterly exhausted, but I think <laughs> Sarah probably would have and also me. also Ross. <laughs> I'll also say this too, Ross. You should join because it is even though we are the Midwest Automotive Media Association. It is open mm-hmm. to people across the country. So we have members from both coasts. We have members from Texas. We have people in Canada. So you're more than welcome to join. We'd love to have you. You're more than married. I will make myself a note right now. You should. Be a member tomorrow. Hey. Awesome. Get your bylines uh, ready. <laughs> yeah, right. It's um, not like you don't have any. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think when I first joined, I had nothing. There was like all Hooniverse stuff. <laughs> I mean, thank you, Jeff, for allowing me to have those Hooniverse thoughts. <laughs> hey, before yes. we before we jump into our next topic, can we talk Kia Telluride for a hot second? Yeah, I'm sure. It's soft off road or still. So, so you want to talk new one? So let's talk a little bit about both. So I had the. Um, I recently had a 2022 SX and it had the, um, I think, I don't know. It's not like the fallout edition. It's like the midnight edition, whatever. It's the black night, night, nightfall. 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 So, okay. So I had, I'm, I'm looking at my review. My, mine was white. I wonder if you had the same one. Mine was, this was not, not white. white. Okay. It was <laughs> that weird uh, non-metallic blue gray mm-hmm. color whatever mm-hmm. it is i had an sx v6 okay um it's fun. it's fun yeah so that that was that was what i had <laughs> and um having been in multiple three-row crossovers lately uh you know i thought for a while like you know nissan frontier the latest one is, is super good i would actually put it still at the same playing field as telluride and and palisade so it's that good obviously not better but on the same playing field um, but man, I'll tell you after a week in the Telluride again, Kia just has still nailed it. That is such a good vehicle. But the reason I wanted to bring it up is, you know, what is devastating about this 2023 refresh that's coming is that the, that like signature Amber daytime running light is gone. Oh, really? Yeah. I was muted and said the exact the- same thing as Ross. <laughs> <laughs> the wide amber DRLs at the far ends of that grill are the probably the most iconic design that exactly had. Exactly. And and I've, I've I've had a couple of friends of mine that have either bought Tellurides or they are looking at them and they're sad that it's not gonna have that. Yeah, the new ones have huh. redesigned headlight clusters. Oh that yeah. Have, um I think they're just like vertical bars now. It is amber two individual vertical bars yeah at either end yeah i mean so, it's still distinctive like it's not, yeah it's not it's, just you know i don't like nothing. 
I want yeah. the old one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I, anyways, that was my only my random <laughs> Telluride plug. The Telluride's so freaking good, though. Like, mm-hmm. I don't it- love the engine. I don't love the transmission. But as like start to finish vehicle experience, it is just it's. I don't know. There's not much else for the price that gets even close. Well, the it's, taillights are still Range Rover Rovery looking now. Mm-hmm. The new Range yeah. Rover mimicking. Oh god. The Telluride is one of those rare vehicles on sale right now that Kia literally doesn't have to do anything to it. Like mm-hmm. it's so good just as it is. Um, you know, I'm glad they're like restyling it a little bit because like I did think it was like starting to age a little bit, but um I'm excited to drive that new X Pro that has AT tires and a lift and uh, more of a capable all wheel drive system. And 500 pounds more towing capacity. Yeah. Because that's always been the Telluride's biggest downfalls. I have friends yeah. of mine that tow boats or tow campers and they've wanted a Telluride and they're like, I need something that tows more. I know the X-Pro. Pathfinder tows the most in that whole category. And it's, you know, 6,000 yeah. pounds from a unibody is like, that's pretty impressive. That's a lot of towing capacity. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't have a spectacular experience towing with it, but you know, Telluride or Pathfinder? Um, the Pathfinder. Oh, just didn't work out. Or? Yeah, it. Uh, the rear parking sensors don't deactivate. So parking sensors the are a catastrophe. Oh. You put it in tow mode, and it doesn't shut off any of the parking stuff. So you back up, and it auto brakes the second you try to back up and oh, there no. at least in the one i had there was no way to turn off the rear parking sensors which made it like unbelievably difficult to reverse with the trailer have you uh, messaged have you sent a message to nissan about that? i had a conversation with them about it and they okay. said that it was something they were working on it was an existing complaint from the prior pathfinder which there is like miles and miles of stuff on the forums about but yeah. no actual fix um that seems like such a like a basic thing to here's a fun fact every automaker when you put the vehicle in tow mode should turn off the backup parking sensors because if you're in tow mode chances are there's something behind you all the time it's yeah. not fucking rocket science right right uh, so when found, you just... I found the inside of the outlander finally yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. So yeah, circle back to that. So there's yeah, it looks the, like Nissan. <laughs> the Rebel Rally. There we go. There you go. Two inch lift. Wow, that's not nothing. Yeah. Um. So when you were, so when you were towing with the Pathfinder, was it just beeping the entire time? Not only beeping, but it would apply the automatic brake, thinking <laughs> that I was backing up into something. I have a video of this. I sent it to Chris. Oh, it's God. conical. It's oh. it's absolutely terrible. Did that video from like what six months ago, eight months ago? More than that. That was like September. <laughs> oh, yeah, I have no idea where that is. <laughs> but it, it also just you know I only towed like three thousand pounds with it, and it just didn't love the weight. It, Interesting. It wasn't. It wasn't that there was anything specific that was mm-hmm. of note. It wasn't the chassis or the brakes or you know getting up to speed. It was just it never felt like happy hmm. doing the towing job which I mean, you you know you can't expect it to and you know meanwhile i towed more than that with a frontier and could not have cared less hmm. so uh, interesting rabbi i got a quick question for you has yeah. the expedition timberline embargo passed <laughs> i did drive that one i don't yeah. totally remember that <laughs> can you talk about it <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, 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 yeah. The embargo passed now that okay. I remember that. Um it it struggled. It did it? it really? <laughs> yeah, it did not do that well. Um there I I know I was also not the first person to say that. Uh I think they it, it looks great. You know, it's it's got it's got nice tires, it's got some cool like blacked out from fascia and like you know, some skid plates and all that, but um it just did not, I don't know if it was because like the EcoBoost just felt like a dog in it or it was just, you know, the because it's such a big, heavy vehicle, but um, like 5,600 pounds. It just, it just did not do that well. I mean, I will be, I will be 200% honest. 
that Mazda CX-50 did better than that Expedition did. <laughs> That's not yeah. super surprising. Yeah, and I was I was kind of surprised. I that was the first that was the first Timberline product I'd driven. I haven't driven like the Explorer one yet. Um they're all marketing I, exercises. Like if you want an off-road forward, buy a Bronco. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I was gonna say it probably didn't do very good on those tires because the tires didn't say good year, good year. They had Wrangler on them. So <laughs> but yeah, I was that was kind of unfortunately the uh the um the common common reaction was people were like, yeah, the expedition didn't do too well. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, I don't know how else they could fix it. I just, it, I don't know. It didn't seem like it was, it was, it was just struggling. Like the, the, the four wheel drive system was just like really, really struggling to like keep up and whatnot. So, I, I mean, this is a silly question. Was it in like the mud wet mode? Like it was in the mud mode because it was okay. all hell. how much yeah. air was in said tires. I, Probably, probably whatever all it of drove, it yeah probably whatever it drove here on <laughs> 55 psi i don't think they i don't think they adjust like the, i don't think they oh, changed really? the air on any of the tires for oh, the, wow. the off-road vehicles <laughs> yeah that, that that could add some help but <laughs> that could be part of it but yeah which makes a huge yikes. that makes a huge difference yeah i mean it makes a huge difference but if everything went with factory settings of air pressure then that you still that's still a control like yeah true that is true yeah so all right all right buddy you want to you want to get into toyota land yeah because like for a while i just thought you moved to texas like <laughs> yeah i was uh so don't recommend <laughs> yeah uh that's for another whole, whole other podcast uh, yes that is <laughs> we can we can do an episode on dick joke adjacent with that one <laughs> that's our spin-off uh adult comedy uh, podcast probably yeah. we haven't <laughs> we haven't actually launched it it's just a recurring nope. joke at this point nope but <laughs> yeah all right so let's talk yeah so toyota toyota had their hq confidential event um that was held down at their headquarters in plano texas which is this gorgeous gorgeous complex that they built um there's me with alexis lfa but pretty oh. much it was a, it was a week of new product reveals, um, some really cool new technology we got to have demos for. Um, and then it also combined in with the first drives of the Sequoia. Uh, and then Toyota and Lexus also had a bunch of vehicles there that you can either take on the street on um, Eagles Canyon Raceway, which I think was like about a mile long track. Uh, and then there was also an off-road course set up. So it was a, a, a great chance to just like try out some of their new products, some stuff I hadn't driven yet, some stuff that I had driven that I haven't been able to take off road. Mm -hmm. um, it was an excellent event. Toyota did a great job uh, and they, you know, they really put, put their hearts out into it. So Sequoia or LX 600? Oh, How man. much money do you have? Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> Once they mark up the TRD Pro Sequoias, there's not gonna be that much of a difference between that and the base LX. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, so I love the Land Cruiser, like the last Land Cruiser. I miss it like hell. But the, the Sequoia TRD Pro is a monster off road. Um, it was it was a hoot. I mean, it was just that. I'll tell you, I mean, you've driven the Tundra, yeah, Ross? Not the new one. Not the new yeah, one. We haven't right. either new one yet. So you guys haven't had that twin turbo 3.5 V6? Nope. That engine is so good off-road. Um, so I was able to do it in the Sequoia TRD Pro here, but then also that LX600. Okay. Uh, and just the, that, the brute amount of torque just like constantly available just makes it so much fun it's just like you're like riding a snowmobile it's just like constantly going and constantly going um but yeah i mean i'll tell you as much as i miss the land cruiser like the sequoia is a pretty damn good essential replacement if you want to call it that <laughs> the sequoia is a great land cruiser yeah yeah, yeah. it's as close <laughs> as we're unfortunately ever gonna get it's it's as, it's as close as we're gonna get to the land cruiser pretty much what that's for yeah. having a toyota badge on it there's so many land cruiser guys that it pains them to give any kind of like props to a sequoia but it's really good they did I a know. great job on it i mean it's the last one was around for like god 14 years 15 years or something like that 2008 2008 yeah. to 2022 so 14 model years, if I'm doing my math right. 
which is um, why as soon as this one came out i was like crap now my 2008 doesn't look like the new ones i mean we, we could also play the game how many presidents has it been oh that's a good point but i'm but so yes. like fun <laughs> so fun fun fact the last sequoia um obviously 2008 model year debuted in it went on sale in 2007 consumer year right. um when i was a junior in high school I was working at a Toyota dealership as a detailer and a lot boy. And I remember when the new Sequoias all came in. Um, so it was crazy to think that that in 2007, was funny. you were a junior in high school. Yeah, I was too. So. Hey, hey, That's Mr. Right. Old Man. Yep. You're both, you're both <laughs> the same. Okay. In the sake of time, we can we talk about the, the Corolla? that everybody's talking about oh yeah 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 um i don't even know the name of it i just put... so so there's the gr corolla um and that's the super hot hatch with the three-cylinder turbocharged engine um that makes a ludicrous amount of power um and then toyota also debuted at this event their marizo edition which um uh akio toyota toyota's number one um pretty much like put all his effort into designing this specific model. Like he had a hand in every say, you know, every test of it, they showed clips of him at the test track being like, you know, like that needs to change. This needs to get better. This is like his, like, um, what's the word I want it? Like brainchild. Brainchild. There we go. That's the word. Um, <laughs> so no backseat, stiffer yeah. all around. Yep. So it's, it's, they shed about a hundred pounds from it. And essentially what they did was they, they took out the back seat, the rear windshield wiper, um, the rear door speakers, the rear power windows. So like there's actually a block plate over, yeah, where the window switches are on it. Oh, wow. Yeah, all the seat <laughs> stuff was around. removed in the back seat. And there are three braces that go across the back. Um, that brace is sketchy looking, gotta say. Sketchy looking? Yeah, the one that Chris has up in the pictures now that looks like it, it oh no wait there's another bar there never mind I yeah yeah, yeah. i did not <laughs> my computer does a terrible job of making distinctions between colors and they're no 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 you're good. completely so, omitted yeah so there's, section of that. there's, there's okay. one that comes up from Disregard. the floor yeah there's one that comes up from the floor one that comes up from like kind of the the hip position of where the seat would be and then yeah. um one across the uh the rear towers but um so essentially like they shed a hundred pounds, they picked up, um, 20 something extra pound feet of torque. Uh, it's got like more like grippy tires on it, like pilot sport cup twos. Um, and then they recalibrated the six speed too, just for like a little bit shorter drive. And I'll tell you, it is, unfortunately we weren't allowed to drive any of the GR Corollas, but I went for a hot lap in this one with one of toyota's professional drivers and guys i usually don't get car sick but we were going 80 miles an hour like sideways and yes. i mean i remember getting out of the car and like taking off my helmet and being like holy shit i need to like check myself for a sec and i was dizzy <laughs> for like the next like half hour Amazing. Um, but it's it's a rocket ship it's an absolute rocket ship. Um, it sounds like somebody kicked over a hornet's nest. It's just got this really distinct, like buzzy three cylinder. That sounds really, really good. Turbo three sound great. They all so is yeah, it, is it distinct enough that it's going to be like Subaru noises and then Corolla GR noises? Like, yes, yes, <laughs> okay, 100%. good. Yeah, you won't mistake the two. Well, I just um, want to. I want to hear both. I guess that's what I was saying. I was like, I want it surround sound of well, Subarus and GRs. It's it's a very distinct note. I mean, if you were to park a a Supra and a GR86 and a GR Corolla all next to each other, um, you'd be able to tell the difference. And that, that Marizo edition, they're only limiting it to like 200 units, but they are, uh, if I recall correctly, they are going to offer it for 2024 model year. So this first year, it's like a limited batch and then they're mm -hmm. going to like do more of it. But huh. um, they're doing what, uh, what like Seat and them, you know, and, and mm -hmm. Renault do in the UK with like the really hardcore Nürburgring editions that yeah. just eventually become normal things you can buy. Yeah. I mean, it was, 
I don't know, guys. I know this is an off-road podcast, but holy crap. I mean, that thing. It's a rally car. Dude, that's a rally car. We're good. We're, all, we're in the rally. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's, it's not. There's no suspension travel, and there's, like, effectively no ground clearance. But <laughs> that's what some know. Subarus are nowadays. They, they some? drop them and make them fast. So. <laughs> yeah, all of them now. But I will say. I will say this about off-roading real quick, just to tie it back to the, the off-roading thing. I was able to take a RAV4 TRD off-road. I always get their terms mm-hmm. mixed up. But yeah, there's an adventure and there's a TRD yeah, there we go. off-road. Um, and this was... Looks su- like a Subaru. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah. this was surprisingly capable too. Um, mm-hmm. It did not struggle, but... I mean, I'll tell you, like it was nimble and those wild peaks were really, really great. But um, having gone from the uh, Sequoia TRD Pro, which has like, I think, 538 pound feet of torque or something like that. A bunch. Yeah. yeah, it's a bunch. To, to this, um, it was just kind of funny because I was like, yeah, you know, the articulation was great. I was able to do a little bit of rock crawling and it was fun. It had no issue at all. Um, but then there was a spot where it was like, there was a mile stretch of the off-road course where it was just a big muddy course and you could just go as fast as you want pretty much as long as you don't flip it um kill the track yeah yeah but it was so funny because i was like all right here we go and i was like flooring it and i'm like oh man there's nothing here, <laughs> there's nothing here. <laughs> something's gotta give but it's a, you know, it's you a good cut little, the price in half yeah and it's but it's a good little soft off-roader like it was pretty cool yeah they're doing a lot of good stuff with the RAV4 right now. Mm-hmm. Time mm-hmm. for a, a, a TRD Prime. The prime. Would be oh, a that TRD, would be cool. Would it be a Prime off-road or would it, be a, would it be a TRD Prime? They should call it like the TRD Earth Saver or something like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. Like that's that, that's greenwashing. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, can we talk about the uh, third row seat in Sequoia real fast? Because you're a little yeah, here. So, so this is an interesting execution um being that the sequoia's uh twin turbo 3.5 v6 has standard hybridization they've pretty much mounted that battery pack under the third row um and that is why if you look kind of there's like a tray right there um that is why there's not a flush load floor um so they designed it in the sense that like you don't remove the third row seats but they do slide up to six inches which is pretty cool um but then if you fold that third row flat you would then move that cargo shelf up a notch and then have like a flat floor so it is somewhat of a flat floor across like the both the, uh, the third row and then once you drop that second row but it's really relatively high and there were definitely like some i've read some complaints that people have about it like oh you should have just like you know done the third row better the third row is really not that bad on it um i will be honest i mean i think grand wagoneer wagoneer has the best third row in the segment um and i think that the suburban and the uh tahoe yukon all that jazz i don't like the third row in that i would actually place sequoia's third row above that (laughs) um but that third row in the sequoia with the whole like multi-step thing to get it actually flat like if you're a family that's going to be using that a lot that might be a little bit of a headache well the, i don't think it should be i don't think it should be a deal breaker by any means right. the, mm. the ability to slide that third row seat forward though is pretty days cool when you still need yeah. the seat belts but need the added mm-hmm. cargo space mm-hmm. that's because that's the issue that we run into with our sequoias like if it's mm-hmm. if we're going to multiple little league games one of my kids catching gear bag is the size of airport luggage. The ability to slide one of those two thirds of it or the 40% yeah. side forward. Yeah. It's huge difference. And it's Massive. very, it's very, it's, they did a really good job engineering that because it's super, super lightweight. I mean, I'm not a strong person and I could do it with one hand pushing it yeah, back. And forth. I, that was the part in your video. I let, let it go a couple of times. Cause you, you were just using one hand. Like it was, yeah, good. it was Insane. really, and there's, there's really no, unfortunate or there's really no way to like fix that problem because if you're going to have that hybrid battery pack unless we get the mm-hmm. you know if they ever decide to put solid state batteries in there you can compact them down a little bit more 
there's no real way to position that hybrid battery elsewhere so that you do have like a flush third row without having to do like adjustable cargo cargo shelf and whatnot. But um, second row is great. Tons of room back there. Really good egress for like getting in and out. Um, just, that's my favorite thing about the Segway is how wide that door yeah, opens. Yeah, it's great. Like if you want to load kids in the back seat or if you want to put gear back there. Um, the other thing too is that third row, the sliding that we were just talking about, you can actually do it from the second row once you like pop the buckets down, you can actually reach down and do it with one hand from the second row, which is great. So, I mean, they did a good job. It's a different approach, obviously, to, to other third rows, but like- Is this you in the third row? That is. Okay. So I'm six foot two. And um, I mean, you know, my knees are definitely high up because you're sitting on top of that battery pack, but you know, you've got a nice window. Um, I- frequent that somebody six two is going to be spending a long amount of time. Yeah, yeah. And that's- that. And, and that's exactly it, Ross. Like, you know, like that third row is not designed for adults, you know, yeah, and exactly. In but, few vehicles, is it? Yeah. But if you did need to ride in the third row, it really wouldn't be that bad. And the majority of people that are going to buy a Sequoia are going to put their little kids back there if they have that many kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they have and, that many. They do. Yeah, they have that many kids. <laughs> <laughs> but, but in reality, if you... If you have that many kids, you should buy a Sienna. That's just my <laughs> There you go. Dude, it, it is. It, Siennas are good. There you go. Yeah. Sienna? Well, yeah. Or Carnival. a Kia Carnival. Carnival. Yeah, yeah Carnival. Carnival's, ooh, the Carnival's great. Yeah. I still haven't been in one. <laughs> oh, you're Mark. missing out. The Carnival's so good. Kia nailed it with that. I'm pretty sure there was one at the last rally, and I was like, I'm going to drive more BRC <laughs> on the track. Sorry. <laughs> Well, sweet. Was there anything else down in Texas that you want to touch on there? Uh, let's see. There's a really cool uh, piece of technology coming out that I'll just touch briefly on that Toyota is working on. So Toyota has a group called Toyota Connected, and it's essentially like their startup. Ver- it's like their startup division. It's like a really tech focused, really innovative, really passionate group of people. Um, and they came out with this really cool technology called Cabin Alert or Cabin Awareness. Yeah, Cabin Awareness. Um, and essentially what it is, and since Chris, your dad, Ross, you're about to be a dad, um, it is a 4D uh, radar that is literally about the size of your phone that is in the roof of a Sienna. Um, and what it does is it detects like tiny, tiny micro, micro movements. And the idea of it is, is because unfortunately, like kids and pets get left in hot cars all the time. Um, and it's just horrific when that happens. But what this system can do is it can actually detect if there's like a child or a pet, even in the cargo area hmm. of the vehicle. And then when it senses that, what it does is it not only alerts you on your smartphone, but you can have it linked up to like your house. So like, say you're living, you're like in your living room and yeah, here you go. So it'll show you like where vehicle, where people are or if there are things in the vehicle that are triggering it. But what's great about it is, is say you park your vehicle outside and you forgot you left your dog in the cargo area. If you're sitting down in your living room, like having dinner or something like that, you'll get an alert on your like Alexa speaker and then also, if you have like a smart light bulb, it'll even like flash colors to let you know that it's there. And then they revoke your dog from you. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but it's, it's, it's a really cool technology and they're like working on like, you know, alerting like other drivers too. So if you have a Toyota and you're in a parking lot, you know, you might get a notification like, Hey, this, this Corolla has a, a, a child in it. Can you go like help them out? Um, it's just, I don't know. I think it's, I think to me, honestly, like as a, as a safety person, that was probably my favorite thing I saw down there that week. Um, That's pretty cool. Critically important. That Um, was, that was one of the running jokes on our trip because the, uh, we only had two guys in every van mm -hmm. and, uh, the, the shorter van, uh, had it's, it is a, I think it's a 20, 22 model year and the rear occupant (laughs) detection reminder was still turned on only two people in the van all the time yeah the rest of the van is a a badass adventure van like there's nobody else back yeah yeah but it's 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 a cool system and they're they're working on uh they're testing it right now with some autonomous fans and they're hoping to have it out in production um within the next couple years or so so um well yeah it was a great event toyota is toyota's really killing it 
Yeah, they're they're certainly trying. Did they talk about Guardian at all? Guardian. It was like it is the lame name that they were talking about years ago, kind of thing. And it was about basically the interconnected vehicle thing. So basically, Guardian meant that no Toyota could run into like another Toyota. Like the the huh. the cars themselves. Oh man, wait. My eyes are rolling over here. Right. And, uh, and I mean, here's a Dallas Morning News article. So I'm sure the dates from like 2016 or something. Are you talking, are you talking like uh, vehicle to vehicle communication? Yeah, like, it was like vehicle to vehicle. It was like, it's from CES from like 2019. Guardians um, of the Toyota. Great. Yeah. Well, um, and it was just basically that no Toyotas could actually run into each other, Ross. It was, mm-hmm. it was more, it wasn't so much. Accepted. It wasn't, it wasn't so much um, autonomous driving or anything like that. It was more of a driver safety aid, basically. Right. Like, like automatic yeah. braking and things like that. But it was yeah. more like the 360 view of what was around you. They didn't, they didn't say anything about that, but I would imagine that that's probably still in the cards for them. Ross, don't go get an Avalon and try and ram a Camry and, and try and make that happen. <laughs> have you guys seen Days of Thunder? No, I have not. If you've never you seen know, it, well, oh my god that's there's right. a You're rental crazy car. young there's, there, there's a rental <laughs> rental car scene in that and i think that is the note that i will end for for a long time i referred to days of, i referred to days of thunder as top gun 2 because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it been, just it felt like tom cruise <laughs> want to fly fighter jets check tom cruise uh, wants to drive race cars check uh, yeah. like, <laughs> I've been getting I've been getting so much crap lately because the new Top Gun is out and I have not even seen the first one. So it's on I, Netflix, oh, wow. it's on Amazon, yeah, yeah, it's, it's on Hulu. Have to watch it. And the first I'm one's for Ford, free yeah. everywhere. And I'm literally driving a Ford Maverick this week. So nice. <laughs> Which that yeah, you hat tip you to William Bird's joke. As soon as Maverick came out, he made a Top Gun edition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. he's pretty good with the Photoshop. So he is uh, a genius at it. I will. Jeff say Henson, uh, ATV riders. Jeff Henson is out at the Kawasaki HQ right now and they have the Top Gun bike in oh man like on the floor that's oh, like be cool. from the first movie the Top Gun the like fist pump as we're racing a jet bike that okay. bike <laughs> it's as good as you think it is so sorry Robbie spoiler alert no you're good <laughs> from, movie from 1986 <laughs> yeah seriously <laughs> Okay, movie so will be next, next time I'm on your show, next, next time I'm on your show, I'll make sure I've watched Days of Thunder and uh, Top Gun. I, oh almost said top, I, almost, I almost said Top Gear. I was like, nope, I've seen Top Gear. You should watch that too. Top Gun 2, Days of Thunder. <laughs> Days of Thunder is really good because Michael Rooker's really good in that movie. He's like, great. Tom Everybody's Cruise great. is a regular Tom Cruise. But, I mean, that's also good. Oh, um, which brother is it? I'm gonna get it wrong. It's not Dennis. It's the other one. He's it's the me. team owner. Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid. Thank you. I, I couldn't even get Quaid out. It's not yeah. Dennis Quaid. It's the yeah. other Quaid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's pretty good. Anyway. Okay. Old movie recommendations. <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. So. Actually, real real fast. I watched Uncharted recently. Like I actually paid the six bucks to rent Uncharted. Mark Wahlberg, Tom Holland. Um, I enjoyed the crap out of it. It was, it was, it's, it's like an Indiana Jones style movie. And I know it's based off a video game from PlayStation, but it was, I, that reason it was better. no, it was Ross. You'd like it. Plus there was classic Mercedes and Antonio Banderas is in it being a, a villain. <laughs> I like Wahlberg. Nice. You don't like Wahlberg? Man. Okay. Man. Can, real quick sidebar. The reason I like Mark Wahlberg is there was a comedian for a long time that did an impression of Mark Wahlberg. And so like on a podcast I like to listen to, they would put in quotes that the guest was Mark Wahlberg, but it's Mm -hmm. this comedian doing the impression the whole time. And he'd go hundred percent commitment and nobody at the show would ever like talk to him in his other, it was always Mark. And so (laughs) that comedic impersonation of him for years is the reason why I now enjoy the real Mark Wahlberg. (laughs) Because all I'm doing is hearing the comedic impersonation the whole time. Anyway, that's complete. Is that reverse that's psychology? Like Wahlberg's entourage. <laughs> I've never seen anything. You've ever seen entourage? No. Oh my god. Oh. All right. Speaking of douche news, that's your homework. Watch eight seasons of entourage. No. 
I've been watching Tacoma FD lately. I've been catching up on that. Oh, I gotta watch that. Okay, this the... before this turns into a TV podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Robbie, what do you want to plug? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Uh, I am on Twitter at Robbie underscore DeGraph AP. You can also follow us at Auto Pacific. We're going to be posting some data from our next future attribute demand study, which measures consumer demand and interest in vehicle features. We got some really, really cool stuff that we've been working on. Um, that is my Sabaru, and that's all that's all I got. Yeah. After when this when this picture came up and it was like, I feel like I need more to match the idea. I was like, no, you don't. You've taken great pictures already with the Sabaru. <laughs> I ones. It's a nice I, canoe you have on the top of it. It's all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out my boy Austin at work because he took this drone shot in the woods in Wyoming. And nice. it's, my, it's my background on everything at work oh. right now, and it's fantastic. So perfect uh but yeah thanks so we're good (laughs) thanks for having me on i appreciate it definitely thanks robbie always a pleasure this is a good good episode it's nice to catch up so Mm -hmm. always 